Today, Lord, we are thankful to you for the people of God in this place and for mothers. While this message is a little different, we want to thank you for mothers. And we thank you for the fact that oftentimes when there's difficulties, mothers remain. They stay. They are there. When we as kids at times act a nut, mothers are there. And we want to thank you for Mother's Day today. And we pray that you will bless them. Thank you for children and the young ones that honor their parents. It's not just when they're young, but even as adults. We honor your name and we bless you. We pray for the word of God that you will give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the body of Christ, to the church. We thank you for those that have joined, those that have come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We honor you for who you are. You are the great and mighty king. In Jesus' name, we give you glory. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. In Genesis chapter 29, I'm going to read a portion of scripture and then read a portion that I did not give to Anisha in the book of Deuteronomy. In chapter 21, verses 15 through 17. But in Genesis chapter 29, verses 30, I'm going to go right down into chapter 30 and read the first 13 verses of Genesis 31 through 13. And then I'm going to read verses 22 through 24. If you have your phone and need a setting, you can go to PICF free and Use the website there if you have your phones in need to use that for your coverage. All right. Genesis chapter 29, beginning at verse 30. And this is how it reads. And it is upon the board if you would like to follow along from there. So Jacob went into Rachel also, and he loved Rachel more than Leah and served Laban for another seven years. When the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And Leah conceived and bore a son. She called his name Reuben. For she said, because the Lord has looked upon my affliction, for now my husband will love me. She conceived again and bore a son. And said, because the Lord has heard that I am hated, he has given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. Again she conceived and bore a son and said, now this time a husband will be attached to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore his name was called Levi. And she conceived again and bore a son and said, this time I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she called his name Judah. Then she ceased bearing. When Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, she envied her sister. She said to Jacob, give me children or I shall die. Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel. And he said, am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? Then she said, here is my servant Bilah. Going to her so that she may give birth on my behalf, that even I may have children through her. So she gave her servant Billah as a wife, and Jacob went into her and beheld 
Bilhah conceived and bore Jacob a son. Then Rachel said, God has judged me and has also heard my voice and given me a son. Therefore, she called his name Dan. Rachel's servant Bilhah conceived again, bore Jacob a second son. Then Rachel said, with mighty wrestlings, I have wrestled with my sister and have prevailed. So she called his name Naphtali. When Leah saw that she had ceased bearing children, she took her servant Zilpah and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Then Leah's servant Zilpah bore bore Jacob a son. And Leah said, good fortune has come. So she called his name Gad. Leah's servant Zilpah bore Jacob a second son. Leah said, happy am I, for women have called me happy. So she called his name Asher. Verse 22, then God remembered Rachel, and God listened to her and opened her womb. She conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. She called his name Joseph, saying, may the Lord add to me another. The book of Deuteronomy, chapter 21, verses 15 through 17. This is how it reads. Because of time, I'm just going to go ahead and read the passage. If you do have your phone, if you could put it on vibrate, please. Genesis, excuse me, Deuteronomy chapter 21, verses 15 through 17. This is how it reads. If a man has two wives, the one loved and the other unloved, and both the loved and the unloved have borne him children, and if the firstborn son belongs to the unloved, then on the day when he assigns his possessions, As an inheritance to his sons, he may not treat the son of the unloved as the firstborn in preference to the son of the unloved, who is the firstborn. But he shall acknowledge the firstborn, the son of the unloved, by giving him a double portion of all that he has, for he is the first fruits of his strength, the right of the firstborn is his. As a title, you may have also seen it on the board that you came, is Rachel and Leah, Two Sisters and Their Bitter Struggle. Rachel and Leah, Two Sisters and Their Bitter Struggle. Struggle is often what makes people who they are. There are some people who take struggle as just a part of a life and learn how to still live life to its fullest with all of its difficulties. Then there are some people who just fall out when life deviates from the straight path that they were hoping to travel on. We often do not think about the struggles that we must face when God makes a tremendous promise to us. Sometimes when a promise comes, we sometimes think that it's going to be smooth sailing straight through. The Lord said that he was going to bless Jacob and his seed. 
Who would have thought that the history of the 12 patriarchs would be from a history of two sisters competing? One sister for the love and affection of her husband, and the second sister for children that seem to escape her. It rarely goes well for us when we try to force God to move in a certain direction and change his timetable. God does not change his timetable for us. He has a perfect plan. I don't care how, how many things that Sarah and Abraham tried to do to help God along. God has his own timetable. Leah and Rachel, two sisters, the daughter of Laban, they were the wives of Jacob. And Jacob's grandfather was Abraham. All right? Jacob's grandfather? Am I correct? Okay. All right. Y'all was quiet on me. It was the battle of these two women and their struggle in which the 12 sons of Jacob are born. Point one, Leah hated, Rachel loved, God intervenes. Leah hated, Rachel loved, God intervenes. In the Bible, when you see the word hate, it's not used in the context as we use the word hate today. When a person says that they hate someone today, we know what they mean. But, but when the Bible uses the word hate in the context of the word and in context in the living situation of the people of the Bible, it often means that there was a preference for someone else than this one. So when it says Leah was hated, it was that Jacob did not favor her. He did not put her first. He preferred Rachel. There are times when the word hate means just what it means. Hate, as we think of it too. But, but we have a situation here where Jacob had been tricked into marrying Leah. He wanted to marry Rachel. Now, I, I need to mention this. Don't get any. Thank you, Brother Jerry. Ideas that you can have multiple wives. Sister Melanie would not go along with that. Just by the way, here is, honey, such a, no. <laughs> but in the Bible, it, it was something that occurred even though it was not God's ultimate design or plan. You see, when the Bible often mentions the things that happen, we say, oh, the Bible is condoning this. No, it is the thing that people did, did. You see, people in the Bible are just like us. They sinned. They lived their own life until God had to intervene. And, and there were difficulties and strife and trouble. God uses the fallibility of people to still accomplish his will. Why would people want to primarily read fiction novels and not the Bible. The Bible is filled with drama. The Bible is filled with dangers and escapades and escapes and all types of incredible things. And it's true. 
why would I have to go to the fiction? Just read the Bible. And you can say, oh, my goodness, they did what? What was God thinking? God, do you see what's happening here? All true. The pages of scripture are filled with fallible and fallible people. Yet people are stuck on the mysteries and scary things. And yet just look right in the scripture. And you can have your feel of adventure as you see God weaving his way through scripture and working things out in an incredible way when people were scheming and doing all types of things. Jacob loved Rachel, and that's the one that he wanted to marry. The terms of the agreement for Rachel was that, that, that Jacob had to work seven years in order to marry Rachel. And the Bible says that those seven years went by as only a few days because Jacob loved Rachel. It seemed like the time was just so short because of his love. You know when you're in love. Eight hours passed by and it seems like only two minutes has passed. There you are looking at each other's eyes and Fifteen hours later, oh, it seems like just 30 seconds have passed. Marriage happens. Why are you looking at me so long? It's only been 15 seconds. Yet on the night of the marriage, when Rachel was to be given to Jacob, Jacob's uncle Laban tricked him. He brought the sister Leah. And when morning came, Jacob said, this is not Rachel. And he went to his uncle saying, what have you done? He confronts him. Laban said, probably with a smile on his face, it is not the custom of us to give the youngest daughter before the older. He said, I tell you what, go ahead and finish out the bridal week. And I will give you Rachel as well. However, he says, I'll give you Rachel for an additional seven years of service. Jacob agrees to the terms. Now, I tell you, that would have been a person that I don't think. What are you talking about? Been fighting words. Seven years. You see, see, see Jacob came from a background of tricking people. He, he tricked his brother Esau. You see, what you've often put out, oftentimes is going to find its way right around back to you. It's coming back, it's coming back, it's coming back oftentimes. So when the Bible says that we reap what we sow, it oftentimes comes back. So, so here's Jacob trying to manipulate, and, and, and the mother was part of the scheming. And, and so they tricked Esau out of his birthright. And then his mother, Rebecca, says, now, I, I told Isaac, the father, I don't want Jacob to stay here. I, I want him to not marry any woman around here. I want him to be sent away. And so, so Isaac sends him away to his uncle Laban. But you see, uncle Laban was the master of deception. He had met his match. Jacob thought he was the trickster. But no, it was Laban who was the real trickster. And so here, 
Jacob is saying, seven years, and now I'm going to have my wife. And lo and behold, here's Leah, not the one that he wanted. And so for an additional seven years. Now, I want you to understand this. The Bible points out that at the end of the week that Jacob filled his obligation with Leah, at the end of the week, Rachel was given to him, and then he worked an additional seven years. So he didn't have to wait till the end of the additional seven or 14 years. He was given to her after the week, but he had to stay and fulfill his obligation, which he did. And this is the context in which we find the story of these two sisters having a major battle with Jacob. The Bible is tremendous in that it allows us to look behind the scenes and to be able to peer at the real life stories of people just like you and me. The struggles they had, the battles they went through, the difficulties, the deceptions, the ins and the outs, all of the drama that happened. God did not leave it for us not to see, but he placed it right in the scripture. Because the Bible says that God saw that Leah was not loved, the Bible says that he opened her womb to be able to have children. The promise to Abraham way back in Genesis 15 there and maybe even before, but let's say around Genesis 15, the promise that God would bless him and his seed is fulfilled in the children of Jacob, his grandchildren in the seed. The nation of Israel established not from wonderful events taking place, but because of rivalry, jealousy, Anger, bitterness, backbiting, all these things, and yet God's plan is still sovereign. It's fascinating to see that God can work through the problems of life and still show that he's in control. Sometimes people think that what is this world coming to? We're completely out of control. But I want you to know that God is on the throne. My dad was growing up. He didn't grow up with a father. He didn't have his father. His father dropped him off and then went down the street and dropped off another one. And his name was Fred and his brother's name was Freddie. I have an uncle who recently passed named Freddie. If my dad was not raised by his uncle and aunt, he would have been gone a long time ago because he was a rascal. But God took hold of him. Daisy, you didn't want to mess with Daisy. Daisy cuss you out. Get her too upset. She, she had her little piece and let you know, I will shoot you. I think she kept her little gun in her closet with her tee. Don't let Daisy fool you. She'd be walking right up Park Circle, coming to the house at time with you, them kind of walking up to this, you know. Daisy didn't play. But the Lord one day touched Daisy's life, and she got saved. God did a work in her. In fact, it was my dad who led her to the Lord, led his own mother to the Lord. 
God is able to weave through difficulties and through the areas of life. And not only did my dad get saved, but his brother was in the church. Backgrounds where you thought they would never get saved. But yet, God had a perfect plan. It is noteworthy that when we consider Leah and Rachel, that God blessed Rachel with four children right off the bat. Reuben, Simeon, I'm sorry, with Leah. Bless Leah with four children. There's Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah. And the Bible said then she stopped bearing children. One would tend to believe that possibly it was because she became barren. But it's believed actually that Jacob was no longer there, no longer spending time as he was with Rachel. What does one do when God has a plan and says, I'm going to bless you, but the terms and how it's carried out goes contrary to what you think it was going to be? You thought life was going to go this way, but God has a different course. God, when he makes promises, still will carry it out even in spite of sin and difficulties, persecutions, and trials. You see, when God makes promises, we think oftentimes that it's going to go in a straight line. It's going to be all wonderful. Oh, the Lord made me a promise. Has somebody ever made you a promise? And you think that is wonderful until you began to understand what it entailed. You didn't know all the ins and the outs that you would have to go through. But God is still working the plan. And so there's times when you've got involved and then the Lord had to put aside your plans because he has, he knows what he's doing, but he still works in incredible ways. I don't have time to completely go through all the things that I want to go through in the story. But, but I, I do want to say in the next few minutes that I have, that this story is, is, is an incredible depiction of how God moves and how God sees the difficulties that people go through. When, when, when mothers are struggling and mothers are, are, are in pain, the Lord saw Leah and the Lord, it says, God saw and gave her children while he made Rachel barren. for She could not have children at that point. What was God doing? He was saying, I see that she's not loved as Rachel. And then in the book of Deuteronomy that we read, the Bible took note that if this was the case where a man had married two, he knew that it would be hard for a man to be loyally devoted to both. And so if the other one, it says, is hated or is unloved or not loved as the other, God made provisions. You see, God's grace covers us even when we don't think it. We deserve it, or even when the situation may seem most bleak. If a woman was not cared for in the Old Testament, if she didn't have a a means of her husband or the family taking care of her, she was often left, left destitute. She was left oftentimes poor and having to try to find a way to make ends meet. And so the Lord made sure that the one that was not loved as much would be provided for. And so the Lord 
took care of Leah. And you will note that in his recognizing Leah, that after each child she is attaching a phrase saying that, oh, now my husband will be, uh, will, will see me and love me. There is, a, there is a, a description and a definition given to the name of each of the children. And she hopes that the child will bring the respect and the love, only to be disappointed over and over again. Then we get to point two, envy, the demand for children and the surrogates. You will, discuss, you will find in chapter 30 of Genesis that Rachel is angry and upset. You see, many people think because Rachel was the good-looking one and had everything going that she had it all together. But Rachel actually was the one that was more, had more of a problem. She, she was the one that was more angry, even though she had the affection of Jacob. But the Bible says it was the Lord. The Lord is doing the work. The Lord is doing the work. Even when you think God has forgotten you, God has not forgotten you. There's some mothers today that's in a lot of pain because they feel they've been forgotten. God has not forgotten. He loves. He restores. He does the work to bind up the wounds. He brings healing. He brings deliverance. The Lord does the work in Leah's life. Why does God allow for that which is done sometimes with wrong motives to succeed at times? Because God shows through his sovereign plan and design that his will and his ways cannot be thwarted. They will carry out and be, they will accomplish what he has set it out to do. God can take the failings of people and bring about his perfect will. He takes imperfect men and women to accomplish his perfect plan. So what does Rachel do? She takes her maidservant Bilhah and gives her to Jacob. It was a custom that one could take the maidservant and have them marry the husband to bear children for the wife. And so in a way of competition, Rachel does this. And two children are born to Jacob. They are part of the 12 patriarchs. When Leah sees what happens, she, she takes to her maidservant and has her marry Jacob and says, I'll compete with you. And, and so Jacob then has two children with Leah's maidservant. The patriarchs, look at this start. And God said to Abraham and to Jacob, I'm going to bless your seed. This is who God is using. (laughs) Then the Lord blesses Leah with three more children. Two boys and a daughter. Then the Bible says, then God remembered Rachel. 14, 15, 16 years after the marriage, God remembered Rachel. And the Lord allowed Rachel to have a son named Joseph. Joseph became the favorite of Jacob. And that's a whole other story that we can't even get into today. (laughs) But you're talking about some sibling rivalry. You ain't met sibling rivalry till you go hook up with Jacob's family. Serious problems in that family. And God puts it right in the scriptures for us to see. 
So if you've been going through difficulties in your family life, look right here in the pages of the scripture. So did Jacob and the leaders. And God said, I'm going to bless them. I'm going to use them to be my people. The Lord knows what he's doing. Don't let difficulties in your life deter you from serving God. God sees and blesses and delivers. And so the Lord allows Rachel to bear a son named Joseph, who came to be the prince of Egypt and was able to help save not only Egypt, but the known world at that time because of the famine that came through. Incredible. But something, as I was studying, I had never seen before in this way. Rachel had another son named Benoni. That name was changed by the father to Benjamin. If you will note, all of the sons that were named were given by Rachel and Leah. They named all the boys. But when it came to Benjamin, as Rachel is about to die from childbirth, it was Jacob who changed his name to Benjamin. My right hand. Now something that was incredible to me as I was looking at this. The history of Israel is very interesting. But it was through Leah that the Messiah comes. Judah means praise. Judah was the fourth child of Leah. Christ comes through the tribe and the lineage of Judah. But you will note something interesting. When it comes to the nation of Israel being divided, God takes Judah, Leah's child, and he takes Rachel's child, Benjamin, and they become the two nations that becomes the nation of the south, the tribe of Judah. When we think about Judah and Benjamin, the Lord took two rivalries, two sisters at war. Benjamin takes Judah. They become joined. There are times when the Lord will do an incredible work in your life and will take enemies and bring them together in a new way. Now very interesting, while Joseph is known throughout the Old Testament and was a type of savior, the Messiah, the king, comes through the pain of Leah. It was pain that she went through. That's who the Messiah's lineage goes through, Judah. And one final thing you'll note, she also bore Levi. The priesthood goes through Levi, through Leah. What did God do? What does he do? He takes our pain and doesn't just look at the pain that we're going through, but he looks at the future to say, I know where I'm taking you to. Mothers, if you've been in pain before because of children or whatever else, God knows where he's taking you to. You've been praying for your children, your grands, whatever. Keep praying. God knows what he's doing. You may not even see all the things that God may do one day, but keep praying. As Leah prayed, as each child is born, she gave honor to God. She knows that it was the Lord who was the one that brought about the change. And then when 
Rachel gives birth. She honors the Lord that it's him. As the Lord takes us through difficulties of, of life and the different things that happens, it often comes to the end where we must recognize, even as Solomon does, that our help and our blessings and our life is in the Lord. Mothers on this Mother's Day, please remember that through the pain and the struggles and even an injury is where pearls are made. It's through going through things. Going through the things of life. Amen. God bless you. Let me pray and we're going to bring the flowers in. If we can get the flowers, we're going to give flowers to the mothers then to each female we plan to give flowers let's have a word of prayer we love you today lord and we thank you for your wonderful love and grace it's through the struggles of life that people are made who would have thought that your promises would have come through such a struggle in the household of jacob and the wise and two sisters where the Lord says, I'm going to bless your seed, but it's going to be done through struggle. Even though they may have tried to bring things about, God says, my sovereign plan will not be thwarted. Today we love you and we thank you that we can trust you to carry out your complete plan. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.